are back, everybody, for another episode of Level Up Cleveland. This week, we got the guys in here from Bad Juju. That's right. From left to right, let me introduce the band. Uh, lead vocals, Mr. Chad Moon. Hello, hello. On drums, we got Chris Liebhart. Sticks. Sticks. <laughs> and we also have on guitar, Mr. Dennis Davis. Hey, now. Thank you for having us. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming down, guys. Seriously, this is cool, man. Uh, I, I think by now, most people who live in the area should at least heard of you guys. That's a pretty popular band. Awesome. Uh, one, of the, one of the more, if not one of the most popular cover tribute combo type things that's going on out there right now. You guys actually just won the award. We did. For... Uh, that's Cleveland Music Awards, right? That's what it was for. And you guys, the uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was for Best Cover Tribute Band. That is yep. correct. And yeah. you guys were up against, I know it was Grunge DNA, and there was two other bands. I'm sure you remember them. Uh, Jester's Revenge. That's it. And Billy Likes Soda. Correct. Yeah. And you guys ended up yeah. taking the prize. We did. Mm -hmm. Now this was this was kind of a popularity contest. Also, it was yeah. it was it was a dual thing. I mean, it was. Let's be honest. I mean, you guys won because you're fucking good, mm -hmm. but also because your fan base kind of voted you guys into this situation. You guys have top fans also, basically, because that's what this was. I mean, you couldn't do it without them. Basically, is that would that be correct to say? Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, it was a bit of a popularity contest, and we have the most rabid fans. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of what it was. To them, yeah. So we yeah. bring the we bring the award to the shows, and and uh, we thank everybody for it. And because again, without them, it's it's completely it's non objective. You know what I mean? It's totally subjective, and it's all about our fans. So yeah, you guys have a pretty rabid fan base. You know, like I know you know like a lot of the bands. Well, Cleveland's cool for that though. Like you know, so we had Tricky Dick on here also, and we know some of the. You know, the, you guys draw, man. I mean, people come out and to see this stuff. This is this is huge. And I think parts of it's just because they can't see some of the real bands that you guys are actually playing because, you know, some of them aren't together anymore. Some of it just doesn't, you know, you can't see them. And some of these bands just snuff Cleveland. So you, you, you got to, if you want to see some of these tunes, you got to come out and see the, the, the bands that are doing it well. Right. That, that aren't the band. You know what I mean? That's you guys, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So real quick, I want to get back to, to, to some of the, the past with you guys. See how you what kind of gets you to this point where you become – this thing because a lot of times these bands that like this is a is a group of musicians that have got a history already and now they're trying to make some money and they want to kind of do some things like that and this is how you go i mean let's just be honest you can actually make money doing this the way you guys are doing it you know what i mean you get gig enough you can actually do it it's not easy to make money in music anymore but this is the way to do it if you're good if you if you if you can pull it off and sure. if you hustle yeah well that's the other thing and you got to have guys in the band also that just you're not you can't it's not just about playing your instrument there's such a a grind involved in this you got somebody who's constantly booking you constantly keeping things going you mm -hmm. got to keep the momentum going couple couple weeks without without bad juju people start forget you know, you know what i mean you got to stay relevant there's a yeah. lot of people out there to go see so you got to be got to be out there so i want to start with you Chad. all right so let's so let's go back to you like when do you uh sing you're the singer and you're a hell of a good singer man i mean thank you yeah and you do you do you have an ability to also mimic some of the people too, mm -hmm. and sound like the song and all that kind of stuff, which is critical. When do you start singing? How do you, how does that all begin? Uh, you know, it was kind of a happy accident. I was. Uh, this is my first band. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just turned forty-two the other day. Uh, I joined this band when I was thirty-six, and I was uh, DJing karaoke in a bar when one of the uh, former members found me and said, "Hey, you ever think about being in a band?" And I said, "Yeah, all the time," but. Never really thought it was practical. Um, didn't what really do you mean play. by practical? Well, I didn't play any instruments. Um, I didn't really know that I was uh, capable of, of performing in front of, a, in front of an audience or in, with a live band. So it's a confidence thing more than anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really comfortable up there, you know, but, but uh, n never having done it before other than just karaoke – uh, live live music is completely different than than you know tracked karaoke. So there's a performance involved too, yeah, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So so yeah, I I, uh, I said you know what I, I I'm gonna regret not doing it. So I'm gonna go try out, and I tried out, and I auditioned uh, in their basement, and it was very much like an American Idol type thing. There's a couple guys sitting out front, um, you know, in chairs waiting for their turn, and he literally handed me a piece of paper and said, "Hey, learn these five songs and see me in a couple of days," and uh, it just it just the timing was perfect. Worked out. Uh, they asked me to be in the band, and, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah, right, right, right. That's an amazing story. That's one of the that I've never. I don't know. If we've ever heard a story where the guy's like, I just, mm -hmm. yeah. just all of a sudden just start singing, and you're yeah. already in a band, and you're winning mm -hmm. awards. Right. I mean, like, does this feel weird? 
I mean, like, I mean, like, there's, you know, there's some guys that there's some guys that go through thirty years and three decades of doing this kind of stuff, and you don't really ever get these kind of accolades or this kind of stuff. You kind of like six years later, and you're you guys are big, a big deal in, in around here already. You know, is that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we're all humble guys. I don't think that I'm anything without these guys, and I don't think we are anything without our fans. Oh yeah. Um, we really, all of us have uh, really, really good work ethics. Uh, we're hungry. We want more. There's no drug on earth that beats the, the high of being on that stage, and I just want to keep getting higher and higher and higher. So that just means bigger audiences, bigger oh, shows, what you're saying. more yeah. pressure. Yeah, and you guys don't you guys don't pigeonhole yourselves too much into anything. You guys play just good music. Like like if it's a good song, you'll add it to your list. Would that that would that be safe to say? Like you're not really pulling exactly from one decade or 90s. one anything. Is it? But not just the '90s. I mean, I mean like. Even like I just said, that bittersweet symphony—that's two thousands. That was that came out in after the nineties, wasn't it? That was later yeah, on. Yeah, we mm-hmm. we kind of cast a wider net. Um, we do we do sprinkle in some eighties, uh, and that's more for. Um, I mean, obviously, if we're if we're doing a show where they require a tribute, the tributes are the ones that get the the bigger shows, inevitably. So we wanted to narrow down our field to nineties rock tribute, but we can cast a little bit of a wider net and say, you know what, anything from eighty eight okay. will count. 88 and above, we'll count the 90s, and as long as it doesn't bleed any further past 2005, I think we're safe. So you guys do kind of have boundaries, though. So you, you've kind of set some boundaries and said, eh, we don't mm-hmm. want to go outside of here. But, I mean, but it's still pretty big. It's still almost a 15-year, 13-year oh, yeah. you can pull from. So it's a lot of songs that you guys can pull from. Now, is this something that you guys constantly update? I mean, do you constantly update, update your, your, your set list and, and constantly, is this something that you're always working on, adding new songs to? Yeah, if you're in a band, there's always a song you want to do. You're always bringing something new. It's not necessarily going to be done because, you know, hey, I don't see it that way or, you know, maybe it doesn't fit the crowd. But, yeah, it's, it's a constant rotation of how about this, how about that, and maybe this song didn't work, try it out, so... Now, does that does that what happens? One guy usually brings an idea. Guys hear a song on the radio, and you're like, "Oh my god, I forgot about that song. I'd love to play that song." Guy brings it in, mentions it to you guys, and says, "Is everybody on board?" And if it's not a, a unanimous thing, and then is it like trash? Well, on? just because one of us like a song doesn't mean it's going to go over to the audience. Oh, that's and, yeah. And our fan base is what we pretty much talk about. Um, are they? Is this something that they're hungry for? So, so you guys play that. That's that comes into it. You guys have kind of felt like you have a good feel for what they, what basically excites them, and then you guys kind of go that route. Yeah, I mean, I I know that that cover bands uh, tend to get a bad rap because you have to, um, you, I'm, inevitably you're doing somebody else's music, right? But you have to, you have to give it your own voice, without losing what made that song that song. Um, and then you got to kind of put your own energy behind it. So, so yeah, we certainly consider our fan base. We certainly consider how we think it's going to go over. But more importantly, are we going to translate it the way that it's supposed to be translated? So we'll change arrangements. We'll change things oh, to really? suit us. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, we, we and we're trying to be more more of a concert show band, uh, which which typically means that you know a little bit more instrumental, a little bit some segues. Um, you're just playing to the crowd, man. I mean, yeah. that's it. It's just it's like more like we a can party. Do to give them goosebumps. Absolutely, I understood. Yeah, yeah. I want to add to what Chad says. Uh, I believe we do justice to the songs that we play. So you'll think about. Here's the way I try explaining people. They go, "Well, you're just a cover band, tribute band. You're playing other people's music." And I always like to look at them and say, "Did you ever watch a movie when you was a kid, and went and saw it again when it was remade?" We're remaking the movie. We're, ah, we're I love it. The song. Mm-hmm. We're doing it. We, we put our hearts, our, our souls into it. And, and if we don't do it as good, we try and do it better than the original artist. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I we, we hear that too, you know, the cover band thing, you know. And, and to be honest with you, that's just bullshit. We, we, you know, we get a lot of guys in here that are like the top musicians, you know, like these guys have been doing it forever and they're phenomenal guys. And every one of these guys will say the same thing where – when they start learning other people's music, the problem with learning other people's music is you have to go outside your own box to learn these people's songs. And it inevitably makes you better because you're not doing things that are comfortable anymore. You're doing things that it's comfortable for other people, not for you. And, and especially if you're going to try to nail this tune and make it sound like that, you got to do things that you're not comfortable with to get to that song, to get to that point. That's what makes great cover bands magicians. Like it's not, 
as easy as everybody thinks it is just because you're not writing the song. It's just the one aspect of this whole process that's not involved. You, you, there's things that songwriters have to do that, I mean, they, that they don't have to do that you guys have to do. Those, a songwriter stays within their own box. They're comfortable. They're writing from their heart. They're writing. Da, da, da. You guys got to reproduce that. It's not always as easy as people mm-hmm. think it is. So sure. it, it, it requires some serious musicianship to pull it off. So on, on mm-hmm. that note here, Chad has his own style. Dennis has his own style. And I have my own style. With learning everybody else's style and putting our twist to it, that's what makes bad juju. Yeah, it's sweet. Speaking of what you just said, I almost forgot to mention that there's a fourth guy mm. in bad juju that we almost forgot to mention. He's the bass player, mm-hmm. and that's Steve Kovacs. Yep. And Steve is also kind of a new guy, right? I mean, he's a he's, he's fairly new guy in the band, right? I mean, so so tell me a little bit about that story, real quick, while we got where we got we're bringing him up. So Steve replaced somebody mm-hmm. who, who did it, who is Steve Dan uh, so Steve replaced Dan Cabasa Dan Cabasa was uh, one of the original founding members um, been busting his ass in bad juju for six seven years and uh, he stepped away for for medical reasons to work on his health focus on his health and uh, Steve who's who's been a musician and a friend of Dennis's for oh seven years yeah oh he, I mean, yeah. he's been around. Been he, he was in uh, he's been in quite a few tribute bands and they've been in bands together so uh, Steve stepped up, and I, I believe he's four or five shows in. He's been with us uh, practicing for maybe two months, three months, and uh, yeah, he's already gigging with us. He'll be he'll be playing with us tonight. So. Sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris, talk a little bit about your your past. You know, like 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 one thing I will say, like like these bands that like I'm talking about, bands like you guys, usually there, there's each guy has his own like history, and then now you guys are all together making this kick ass shit. But it takes time, don't it? Like each one, mm-hmm. you got to. Get yourself here. What got you here, man? Well, started playing drums about when I was seven. We'll oh, s- wow. We'll skip um, way up to uh, jazz band, marching band, and then joined the service. When they found out I played drums, I sponsored the United States and Germany, and I toured and uh, won seven gold medals against bands, singers, Solo singers, everything. I won seven gold medals. I would have went to one more competition, but there was a bomb that blew up in a in a German bar, and there was an American in there that killed him. And they canceled the final competition. Really? So yeah. So so the, before we go any farther, I got I I want to make sure I understand exactly what you're saying. So these were like a, this was like a like an like Olympic competition for musicians. Is that would that be safe to say that's what you're talking about yeah, here? It was a seventh core competition of all of um all of the. Uh, army posts and any any military posts in Germany. It was a competition against all musicians. And you won seven gold medals. Yeah, that's pretty good, dude. That's yeah. Thank you. <laughs> um, that's pretty good. So anyhow, and thanks for serving. Too. That's cool too. Well, Appreciate that also. Welcome. Right on. Um, come back to the, to the states. Um, did some drumming around Oklahoma. Got out of service. Moved back to Oklahoma. Worked with bands. Um, and warm-up bands. I was pretty good friends with the, all the members of Pantera, Foghat, Head East, Armored Saint, Grim Reaper, Halloween. <laughs> Hung out with people like that. Then did went over went through the United States a lot. We did a small tour, um, New Mexico, all the way down um, Texas, Oklahoma, Florida, Louisiana, Florida, and then come back. Then I, I got a little homesick, come home. Our lead singer, lead guitarist, he we we was gonna go to we went to L.A. He moved there because he air traffic controller, and he called me up and said he'd be dead in six weeks because he got colon cancer. He was a genius and amazing, and he died in five weeks. So that was the end of our band was called Buster Cherry, like Buster Brown, Buster Cherry. So he died in five weeks. Um, I pretty much kind of hung up music and started DJing at bars and shit like that and. I haven't been in the Cleveland music scene. I'm gonna say, maybe 2016. Oh wow! I kind of got in a band in Akron. It was a country band. It's called Whiskey Loco. Oh, and, I played um, with them. And I was a little. I'm not. I'm, I'm a showman. I like. I, I when I play, I like to put on a show. I'm. I'm a hard hitter. 
Like a bottom type thing, like you no smash, shit. smash them, like bottom type thing. <laughs> He's a banger. Uh, I'm, He's a, a banger. I'm, a, I'm a showman. If you look at a video on TV or um, any bands, I, that's the way I play. I'm, I'm not a pocket drummer. I mean, I, I like to keep good time, but I like to put on a show. I like to enhance what he's doing. If he's jamming, you know, I drop back and, and I'm, I'm a band. I'm a band member. I got you. All right. Uh, so they they wanted someone more in the pocket. So okay, they got rid of me, and I then I ended up audition for a band called My Drunken Uncle, and they're out of Akron, and they were okay. Um, we had an arrogant guitar player who has, who's... Did you say arrogant guitar player? Arrogant asshole. I mean, arrogant <laughs> guitar player. But he, 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 I don't know, He's I think he's 52 now, and he still carries around a card. He, he told me that he graduated from Berkeley School of Music. And he still has it, and it's beat up. I go, oh, yeah, that, that's Berkeley, but you still suck, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Probably one of the worst guitar players I ever played with. But um, oh my god! So anyhow, he kept holding me back, holding me back. Don't, don't tap your foot with the hi hat. I'm like, whoa, dude! <laughs> you know, he, he yelled a couple times on stage because he's really high strung. I, I don't know if he does caffeine or not, but um, he's fucked up. So anyhow, um. I was looking on Facebook, and and I'll, and I'll tell you this about me. If I give you my word, I'm going to do a job for you. I am dedicated, wholehearted. So, August, these guys had an ad on Facebook looking for a drummer. And Dan Kabas put it on there. I was like, man, I, I should call these guys. Bad juju. Nah, fuck it. I gave these guys my word. I'm going to hang into it. Hang on, you know, my drunken uncle. By the time October come, I was laying in bed, and I was scrolling through Facebook, and I saw Dan Cabasa was online, and that was the bass player. I said, fuck it. Larry yelled at me on stage again because, I don't know, his tampon fell out, and I picked it up and handed it back to him. Mm-hmm. But um, Sorry, Larry. <laughs> Larry said some shit today. Yeah. So. <laughs> Go on. Well, anyhow. Um, I texted Dan. I said, hey, by the way, you guys looking for a drummer still? And he goes, oh, we found one, but we're getting rid of him. And I was like, oh. And I said, well, I'd like to audition for you. And he said, well, let me talk to the guys. And he set up an audition at uh, Dennis's uh, place. And I went to our audition, and I learned, I don't know, maybe 20 songs? Mm-hmm. Maybe 20 songs, and... This guy here, I was like, he's a load. He he may say, <laughs> he's singing. A song. He was singing. He had me laughing so hard. I said, they ain't gonna like me. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> I was like, wow, these guys are amazing. Um, hope I learned the songs good enough. Learned them, blah blah blah. So they said they're all gonna talk. A couple of days went by. I said, hey, we we'd like to have you come back, and you, you could you could do the job. You're better than who we have. Maybe you can get by with us. Maybe you take some lessons. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, I said, great. Uh, let's, we'll have one more practice. We did one more practice. And uh, so just say this was in the be- end of December, beginning of January. Now, they have two backup drummers. And they called me like January 15th and said, we got a problem, Dan. And I go, well, what's that problem? He, we got a job like uh, January 28th. And neither of our backup drummers can do it. Do you want to do it? I was like, shit. That was a lot of songs, man. I was like, yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, three yeah. sets you guys are doing, right? Three yeah. three full sets. And this yeah. was a four-hour show, so yeah. it, was, it was a lot of material. And uh, I went and did the show. And um, I'm not the best, but I'm going to tell you what. I had a really good time. Didn't fuck up the night. And they said, why don't you just keep on playing? And just been getting tighter ever since, and really good communication. It's probably the best singer I ever played with, best guitar player I ever played with, Thank and you. I know I'm best drummer they ever had. So, <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris is a her, Chris like is a herpes drummer. He's a herpes drummer. What's that mean? It means you you can't get rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's not funny, Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> he's laughing. So. No, he's he's incredible, and and yeah, the chemistry is amazing. So it, it's, we it, luck, we lucked out. You who's know, your who? Who do you drummer wise influences like type thing? What, what, what do you? 
coming well, up. I mean, the hard hitting says bottom, but I don't know. I mean, but I play a lot of bottom stuff. Yeah. Um, so uh, I know I could talk a long time. So I play. That's I play. A, I played a show at my shop. Well, I had a band play a show at my shop. I had like a summer party and had food and all that shit. Uh, Pieing contest, watermelon. I had a band around the corner. And my sister was around the other side. And I said, I'll be back. And I went up and I played like four songs with the band because they come back around. She goes, was you just playing drums? <laughs> I went, well, how do you know? She goes, I know your style. So it's funny. I, I started when I was learning playing drums a lot of 70s stuff but and i don't idolize this drummer but I, I i learned a lot of steve miller a lot of boston and i like playing chicago oh, okay. and then i got into the zeppelin bottom and stuff um so you learned how to play drums first like the just just like how to play and then you gradually went into the the more yeah so sophisticated. you know looking at dave weck and all these guys that are prodigies i i, I know i'll never be that because I'm just not built like that. Everything I, I learn, I have to work at. And um, I can't say I'm real fancy. Uh, I, I don't emulate anybody. And I and I don't look up to any drummer. It's just... Uh, really? That's odd. I mean, I, I'm usually I drummers like drummer music, too. Like, how many drummers love Rush? And how many drummers... You know what I mean? Like, that kind Neil of Pertz, thing. Yeah, Neil Peart's a good drummer, but I don't idolize him. Right, 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 right. You know, look at yes, look at the police, look at you know all the yeah, right, all the guys, everybody, all, everyone has, every one of them guys is a great drummer. Now, do you have bands that you that you really like? Is there is there a go to as far as that goes? I mean, yeah, he's I can't see it. Show I, it. I can't see that Boston. Oh, oh. so oh, really? <laughs> Chicago. I see the Chicago one. Yeah, I, go. I, I like bands like that. Um, it's um. Very melodic type stuff, though. That's I mean, those yeah. are melodic bands. I'm not a dream theater guy. I'm I'm not a technical. I like music. I got you. Uh, uh, the stuff we're playing now is um, three, usually three piece musicians, and the drums are a big part of it because it's solid and hard hitting, and it's easy the way these guys put the music together to to be solid and a fat drummer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you have you have all kinds of room to play, do whatever you want, because these guys are covering all the it other bases. Feels good. Yeah, I got yeah. you. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit with Dennis, hear Dennis's story, and then we're gonna talk a little bit more about Bad Juju. Sweet. When we come back, a couple minutes here with the guys from Bad Juju. You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. What's going on, Level Up listeners? Signal Flow Studios is a Cleveland recording studio founded in 2013, located in the steel yard just down the hall from Brian and Pat at Level Up Cleveland. At Signal Flow, we pride ourselves in offering top quality audio and a great recording experience to artists here in town and from across the country. But what makes us unique at Signal Flow is our undivided attention to the people who keep us going. That's you, the artists. So come on in and let us make your music our top priority. You can book online at www.signalflowstudio.com or give us a call at 216-920-2075. We'll see you soon. And we are back, everybody, with the guys here from Bad Juju. We got Chad, Chris, and Dennis. But we're going to talk to Dennis a little bit now because we've already talked to the other two guys, kind of got a little bit of their history. And uh, we'll hear the guitar player's history a little bit. What, 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 what gets you into guitar? How do you start? How far back does it go? And how do you mm. get to the bad juju thing? <laughs> do the abbreviated version. Uh, I was lucky enough to have a father who played. Sorry, this keeps bumping. And so I was blessed with Gibson, Fender, right out of the box, good guitars, uh, in-house teacher. So uh, I just picked it up and put it down throughout my whole childhood. And he was nice enough to let me come back to it and everything like that. And eventually I played out with him uh, when I was 15, drums. I got turned on to drums. So, you know, I got in-house, you know, child rebellion. You're a guitar player, I'm going to play drums. So <laughs> did that for a while. And then about 18, got into guitar pretty serious. And then I was, um, again, lucky to have a dad who who was into bands, and he brought me into bands with him. And I cut my teeth with him, and then I just learned about amps and playing live and what's the difference between sitting down to play versus playing standing up which you believe is a huge difference when you're a guitar player 
Um, so, you know, you fast forward to now I've been in, oh my God, multiple country bands, 80s band, multiple tribute bands. I've been in a Journey tribute band, a Southern Rock tribute band, Green Day tribute bands, ZZ Top tribute band. So by the time I reached Bad Juju, uh, I was kind of like done with the tribute stuff. I don't want to wear a fake beard. I don't want to wear a wig, no, I got Mr. You. Chad. Uh, I don't want to save, <laughs> shave off my body hair so I can look like Anthony Kiedis of the Chili Peppers. I just want to play guitar in a 90s band. So I'm like, who are the 90s bands in town? There's Jester's Revenge. I've seen them live. I was like, fuck it. If that guy drops dead, I'm in. Uh, <laughs> so in waiting for something to come along like that, I joined a band, and it was pretty half-assed, but I didn't have anything else. So just like Chris, I saw an ad said this bad juju looking for a guitar player i was like fuck that's perfect and they weren't really looking for somebody they were looking for someone to cover somebody because the guitar player before me had other interests and he was kind of like you know bad if you're in bad juju we always say this when we bring someone in get ready to play get ready to give up your summer and we hustle and if after three months you're like eh, we play too much i don't like this like, dude what are you doing you knew coming in that this was going to be who we are and what we do we pound the pavement we that's why we got the award the clean music award we are out there our name is out there so. every week you guys are pretty much playing right i mean absolutely that's, if not two, two three times a week sometimes we right? have other bands who're like holy shit what are you doing yeah it's like well this is, this is how you do it so i came in it went great it was like the weekend before covid shut everything down so i got to play friday saturday and they were having a uh, otter fest tom otter shout out at the um oh shit what was that chance sand trap sand trap which isn't there anymore unfortunately and uh we're sitting there playing and it was like Building like Soda hosted it, and there's all these bands get up and doing like a little bit. And in the background of the TVs with the news, like Mike DeWine's gonna shut down the bars tomorrow. And I'm looking around like, fuck, I just kind of got in this band, <laughs> and now the shit's gonna hit the fan. And it was that's awful. what happened, huh? Oh, God, yeah. So you get around to May, June, and things are starting to loosen up, and they're like, well, you know, the other guitar player's staying, but we're gonna add another guitar player. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Uh, and then he just kind of was like, okay, I think I'm going to go do my own thing. And then it became my full-time gig. So I've, I've been in the band two and a half years. And uh, for all the experience I've had in other bands, this one, um, and not because Chad's here, you know, or, or Chris. Sorry, I keep hitting this. Um, it's just, it's different. It's it's weird. Like my dad, when he taught me into it, he's like, look, he was really strict about don't, don't fuck crazy. Stay away. I'm sorry, Chad. Stay away from crazy <laughs> women because they'll fuck you up. And he had a, a brother who would go out there he would dance around with like a mic not wireless and these guys would see him hitting on his wife and they'd step on their mic cord sorry and you know my dad's like someone's gonna come to this bar and fucking shoot us so he made sure i understood like he took me to see fatal attraction the movie <laughs> when i was like 13 and said, <laughs> said this is not what you want you know so be careful oh, so i've always had that in the back of my head so your dad was like a real teacher He's teaching you guitar, and he's teaching the, like, the most oh, important yeah. lessons of life. He'd grab a beer. I was 13. He's like, you need to learn how to drive. And we'd go drive him, you know, that kind of thing. But um, it, the stuff he was telling me about, like, hey, man, when you're playing guitar, when we're going to come on to you, hey, people are going to look at you different. I never had that. I've been around for a long time. Sure as shit. You know, now it's starting to happen. Of course, I'm married. I got two kids. Oh, yeah, that's what they, they wait for that. I got the built-in yarmulke now on the top. So... <laughs> <laughs> So it's a skin yarmulke. Yeah. So no matter how long you've been doing it, you can always get yourself into a band like Bad Juju, playing at the local tonight at 9 a.m., 9 p.m. in Strongsville, um, and learn something new and see new things and be around people. Even Chad says, oh, I've, I've only this is my first band. I don't know what I'm doing. No bullshit. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's well, been yeah. around. So when you so the you three now that are here, like you know, like the story that we've been told just now is there's just a bit of turnover, and now we're at this point the snapshot in time where it's these guys in the band, right? Right. Do you all feel like this is it? Like, like, I mean, I obviously we can't say Steve yet because he's just kind of like got into the band, but I mean, you kind of got a feel for that. Now you said you're four or five shows in with him too, right? Mm -hmm. So does this feel like it's the right four? Does this feel, I mean, you, I, I know it's hard. I mean, like I, I, it's be hard to say no, but I mean like, does it, oh, does it feel like this is the right four guys for this project? Like this could probably be the, the last of the turnover, or, or or is it? Yeah, I mean, you again, being that this is my first band, I didn't know what to expect, but but I didn't expect as much turnover as we've had. Um, it's, what do you? What's the number one reason for that? Like, it seems like you guys are having a fucking good time and everything. What happens? It's very demanding. Yeah, it's very demanding. Is that what it is? It's just yeah. the, the grind and the and the just the whole. Yeah, it's demanding and the and, gruelingness of it. You know, mm -hmm. if three of us are pulling because we want to play two times a week and stay relevant and get up in everybody's face and and you know leapfrog the big bands, um, we have to be out there working on our craft 
and, and getting in people's faces and making fans and, and accumulating a fan base. Uh, six years ago when I joined the band, we had 200 Facebook followers. Now we're in the 5,500s. Yeah, right. Big difference. And we've leapfrogged a lot of the bands that were above us, um, you know, from a popularity standpoint at the time. So I, I think it's, it's, you know, I'm driven, Chris is driven, Dennis is driven, Steve is driven, and we all have the same vision. As a matter of fact, we had a meeting last night to talk about our vision, to talk about, hey, we're going to go pedal to the metal uh, we're pulling out all the stops and, and we're going to expedite this timeline because there's a shelf life on this shit. Right now we have people's attention. We have the award. We have to back up that award. And, uh, you know, we just want to fucking go get it. We want to, we want to go and get, we want to make people feel the way that, that we feel when yeah, we're right. performing for them. You know what I mean? We, yeah. we want to reciprocate that, that energy. Hell yeah. Now it's a singer. The one thing that's interesting about you is that you say you're, you're, you're relatively new at it. And you guys are doing this kind of grueling schedule where you're playing two, three shows sometimes in a week. So there's a certain stamina factor, especially on the vocal here, where, you know, you got to learn how to like, um, you know, if it's a three-day weekend that you're going to play three days on a weekend, you you know, you got to be just as good on that third day as you are on that first day. How did you learn how to do that right? I mean, like you didn't have much time to like really learn this techniques and the things that go into like preserving your voice. Yeah. So how do you do it? I mean, is it just is are you just got like a steel throat, or is no, definitely not. And before I get into the answer, uh, so so Dennis was in yeah. a lot of tribute bands. <laughs> oh my! I hope the camera can see this. I, I want you're gonna send me that picture, dude. This is a Chili Peppers <laughs> ch- tribute band. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm willing to bet that he wears that wig sometimes for his wife, but. <laughs> This is going to be a picture that we sell at our merch table eventually. Oh, or yeah. A shirt put it on a shirt. Dude. Yeah, oh, man. Chad put one on a shirt, something like that. You're going to have to send that picture to me. Yeah. I'll give you to sign it to me. I'll for put sure. that up there for sure, man. That's awesome. So the question was uh, vocal stamina. Uh, you know, uh, the members, the current members, and obviously members past have all, I've been a sponge to everyone. I don't care if you were in the band for three months or if you were in the band for six years. I have learned something from everyone. Um, I ask a lot of questions. Um, I've sought out vocal coaches. Um, I mean, YouTube without YouTube. I, I yeah, that, YouTube that, is, that is a vocal coach. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a free vocal it's an coach. Anything coach. Um, you know, I have some bad habits, right? Like I smoke. Uh, I like to drink. Don't drink before a show. Don't drink at a show. Uh, alcohol dries out your vocal cords. Do you follow that rule? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are times, you know, when we're partying, we're partying. If I'm if, if I'm feeling the vibe and everyone's getting shit faced and, and the You might join in and that's yeah, the end yeah, of that. Yeah. Fans right, right. want to get drunk too. Yeah. Um a lot of warm ups, a lot of warm downs. Uh I practice fi- at least five days a week um on my own. So I'll just do some some vocal exercises. What about just driving exercises. around in general? Do you drive around? Do you tend to find yourself singing and practicing at those moments? Yeah, I do. Uh, but that's just more because like I get into the song. I got you. You know, I try not. I try not to do that because uh, somebody, a vocal coach, once told me that if you have the volume way up and you're trying to hit to hear yourself while listening to the, to music in the car, you're going to strain your voice. It's just like playing live. That's it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. if not those monitors, if they're not right, then then you're you're Straining, killing yourself. Exactly. Trying to, and you don't sound good. Right. You know, right. you don't. You never sound good when, the, when you can't hear yourself. That, and, and of course, the guys, they cover me, right? So we've uh, implemented a couple songs where Dennis does a song. Um, Dan did one back in the day. Uh, they fill in backing vocals. Our, our harmonies are incredible. I think that's one of our. our hey, you guys staples. all sing. Is it? Does everybody sing? Mm-hmm. Everybody yep. in the band, yeah. And and real quick, Steve, when he got into the band, was part of the reason he was able to do this was because he had vocals that's ability. Correct. That so you yeah. guys were looking for that at the time. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, because Dan was a, Dan was a critical part of of the vocals. Um, Dan's got crazy range that none of us can hit, and uh, like and, Michael Anthony of Van Halen, yeah, where you had that one guy who could yeah, just yeah. hit those those things and stuff yeah. like that. Ch- makes you get. It creates a sound for the band. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're like, though, that's the band that has that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's in the back yeah. there doing other things, you know. How about you, Chris? You sing too? Do you? Yeah. I was actually, um, that's funny you said that. I, I did some work with a band, a band called Adam X and um, filled in a lot with them. And he always says, you sing like Michael Anthony. Ah, just for, just for. He, he said because they did a lot of Van Halen, and uh, I did the. You could do that upper register stuff. Not the best, but I did the best I could. Well, and you're, if you're in the background, you don't have to be perfect. You just gotta 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 kind of get the notes in the that area so mm-hmm. it sounds right in the background. But yeah. that's cool, man. That's really yeah. good. And you know, I don't. I, you know, I think that's one of the big, biggest things that separate bands is 
harmonizes and harmonizing and, and people that can do that and actually have the backing vocals there. It changes everything in a band so quickly. He's really good at it. Oh, thanks, man. So you're, so you're, are you the, there's usually one guy who's like the main backup guy. Would that be you? Would you be like the main dude? And then everyone else kind of like Dennis harmonizes with that. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that may be more by default, but yeah. yeah well, in a lot of bands, it is the, the guitar player, so it's not mm-hmm. it's not yeah. that odd. Right? I'll I'll never sing the same note as anybody. That's that's a pet peeve of mine. I don't even like doing gang vocals, so I'll, I'll drop out of that. Whatever he's singing and he's singing, I harmonize with. But he's the he can find those odd pitches that you hear in songs like what is that note? He'll find it. No kidding. Yeah, that's cool, amazing, man. So, you, so where did you learn how to do that? Because that takes that takes you have to learn that. That's not something you just know, is it? Yeah, I, I uh, when I was in high school, there was a guy who sang really well, and he taught me harmonies. But then I just kept with it through the whole time sermon. Um, and I was never good at like the Michael Anthony stuff. I had to go the David Crosby route and find the underneath yeah. stuff. So I got really good at being underneath because I'd be in bands where it's just natural to go to that third, you know, to to match the harmony. I want to go underneath the main. And not many people can do that. So I was like, that's where my home's going to be. So I, it was just through the years. being. Yeah, and that creates a, a real professional sound. It, it Probably because you have all those different harmonies going, it sounds like the song more now because it's a lot of these have three-part, four-part harmonies oh, yeah. in them. Singing is a big deal. Most people are stupid when it comes to music, the people that come see us, but they always recognize the singing. That's why it's so important to have a good lead singer. I can do all this yeah. amazing stuff on guitar. Woo! They don't catch most of it. But the singing... You know they got it's has to. No, they got they, oh, yeah, especially with you guys. They're singing along and they want to know they know the words. So they come yeah, out. That's right. That's the common person. That's what they do. I mean, the common mm-hmm. person's vocals and and singing. And how often do you see people air drumming in their in their car? How often do you see people singing the songs in their car? You know what I mean? That's yeah. what people do. Yep. That's what they do. Um, so you guys, every how often do you guys do new material? I'm curious. How how do you guys every week? Would you say? Put out anything new every month. How often do you guys change up things and, and add things to things? And and how many songs do you think you know? That's as a group. Yeah. yeah. Oh, over a hundred that we could do like right now. Go out and play. Could you? Mind. Do you guys? Would you? Could you say you know over a hundred songs? Could you? Could you take over a hundred and make a set list that, like multiple set lists out of that type thing? I don't think our library is quite to a hundred yet. But uh, it's up there. I would say in the sixties. Oh, that's a lot. But with all the transition, it's a two-part answer, I guess. The f- we're doing more now than I think we have over the past few years as far as expanding our library. Um, I think that's the short answer. So we're going to be over 100 right now with the addition of Steve and the addition of all the new material. We're practicing at least once a week. Um, you know, we added six songs this past month, which is, which is a lot uh, f- for us. That's a lot, but, and, that's, but that seems like it's, you, you almost kind of kind of – you got to kind of do that, right? I mean, yeah. like, you got to stay relevant, and mm-hmm. no one wants to see the same show twice, really, right? right? And that's what yeah. you guys are probably like when you say you're out to please the fans and stuff. That's, yeah. I yeah. want to see a different show than I saw last time. You know that's what right. I mean? Yeah, we want a huge library, and then we want to be able to, uh, you know, tailor that to, to, to the demographic of whatever venue we're playing. So, um, you know, a lot of the shows that we're signing up for this year, we're either headlining or opening, and uh, those are 90 minute, 120 minute shows. So we don't need anywhere near that many songs, but now we can we can tailor that. We can we can manipulate that on the fly, um, and like I said, we change arrangements a little bit. Um, yeah, we just want to stay relevant. We want to stay. We want to keep people. We want to give them a reason to come back and see us. Do you guys do you guys stick to the set lists, or do you guys uh, are set lists more like suggestions? We're pretty good with the set list, just because it we have guitar changes, tuning changes, so we. Sort oh. of need that built in. To, I got you. Yeah, I got you. Kind of keep the show. Do you, do you guys? Do you guys mesh one song into the other and have like th- points where it'll just be like three songs in a row and it just sounds like one long song? Or do you take a break after every song? And um, yeah, we haven't done any mashups. What we're actually doing is to in, instead of having the dead air. I mean, there's going to be occasions where there's dead air and I have to do some talking. I have to say some things, make some announcements while they change guitars. We're trying to implement instrumental segues. So we want there to be, always be some sort of a noise, always something going on. Um, whether it's a drum solo, whether it's a bass solo, whether it's a guitar solo, whether it's uh, a potential track, whether it's me tinkering around on the keys or something. Um, so there could, so like you know, the song ends, but 
bass and drums could keep might keep exactly. going while you're talking over that. Yeah. And then you guys know how to get into the next tune from there. And you Correct. guys, you just, yeah. so you're just keeping a constant flow. Yeah. I think that's what Tricky Dick said they did too. They they yeah. just take all their songs and make one set is one song. Yeah. Literally, yeah. they don't stop ever. Which I just think especially for the drummer, is fucking insane. Yeah, those like, you are... don't get a break. Yeah, we, um, us drummers <laughs> have a rough... <laughs> and a singer. I mean, like, seriously. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was Neil Peart that said, he was always like, yeah, oh, the fucking guitar player's got it so easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I mean, seriously, I mean, when you're putting together, man, some of these sets and stuff like that, if you're not going to take a break, see, to me, stamina is so... It, you know, like stamina is so impressive to me with music. You know, like it's it, 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 yeah. it, it's a big change in as far as like what one band can do versus another. Uh, you get a guy who could play drums and just drummers are so important, man. Yeah. They just they are, man. You know, you need that guy because he's, he's he's he he lays down the foundation for everything. You know, well, I'll elaborate on on the stamina thing. So we did um, Rocket on the River, and then also I'll say Warren Amphitheater was even more grueling. Pretty hot out. We did two hours straight. Two hours straight, and um, I give every, I have everything that I have on that stage. And what people don't know when you're in the midst of doing what we do, your body and your mind is so focused on pleasing everybody, and you're at such a freaking high adrenaline. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, so our job after we're done playing is to get everything off stage like in twenty minutes. The last note of the song, bam, I hit it. I set my sticks down. I could barely get out of my chair. Now, I could have done two more songs if we had a, a, uh, an encore, but I could barely stand up and carry help carry stuff off. It's not, dude, that drumming thing, man. Like, I've always been able to play the drums, but, like, a half a song and I'm done. <laughs> my, point, my point is about that. Like, I don't know how you fucking you, do this. You never, you never, you never end, you never end the energy while you're playing. Yeah, right. You, you never lose it for some reason. And yeah. I, I couldn't even explain it. It was just. It's a mindset, really. I mean, it's just your brain. It just takes you to that next level. I mean, you've seen even in sports, exhaustion. Uh, what game was I just watching? It was uh, college, a football game, the quarterback for uh, Texas Christian, CCU. The guy was just, he would run in for a touchdown, he'd land on the ground, they had to pick the guy up, and you're like, this guy's done. Next play, he's running down the field again. And you're just like, this guy, yeah, you know, right adrenaline, man. It just it can keep you going and stuff. And in this in this game, you got to have it because the, because the show has to go on no matter what. You know no what I mean? What. If you're feeling like shit, it doesn't matter. Nope. They have drugs for that. Well, and, uh, yeah, and, called pussy. That's funny. You said, <laughs> Sorry, my dad taught me that. <laughs> so that's funny you, you said that. And I, I would never badmouth any any musician, except, except for that guy, the Larry. Well, you didn't let me finish. Oh, I'm sorry. I would never badmouth any musician that died of a drug overdose. Oh, um, and and I can't say Taylor Hawkins, who I think was a, a extremely phenomenal drummer. Um, People don't realize he just got done making a movie. He's on tour. He's doing interviews every day. Every day these guys are are just bombarded. No matter what, you always have something going on, and you're you're flying to the UK or what, you know everything's always going on. So if, if if he was exhausted, and and I'll say someone will give you an energy drink. Here, try this. All right. So now you're done with energy. Here, try this. Take one of these. Oh, here, try this. Oh, here, try this. You don't know what someone's been through, and you don't know what it takes to get through these shows and get through making everybody happy. And all the work we do behind the scenes, you know, practice, um, I mean, uh, arranging our music, uh, meetings, driving four hours to a show. Yeah. And then setting up. Then you just playing. see all they all people see is what goes on stage for hour and a half to three hours or whatever you're playing for. The amount of work that goes into it outside of that that little thing right there, that's just a, a, a fraction of what goes into yeah, it. Yeah. Not to mention what you're talking about with as far as drug use and music. I, you know, you talk to all we've talked to a bunch of the guys who've been on tours, European tours, and everywhere, mm -hmm. and you, there's so much downtime. So yeah. that you know, like you you know, like when you're in your Germany. And you've never been to Germany before. You don't know anything about Germany, and you're just there to play a gig that night. You got six hours of time sometimes where you're in a hotel or you you, you can walk. 
but you're not going to go anywhere. You don't have your car. You can't drive anywhere. So you got downtime. You got time to wait. You're waiting for the show. Well, what happens? Well, let's go get a bottle. Uh, let's go get some of this. And it grows. And eventually, just to fill time, these guys are just getting fucked up. I mean, yeah. there's nothing else to do. Yeah, well, prostitution is legal in Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can just fuck all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. But good luck paying a full set after that. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Have you guys been? You guys been anywhere? I mean, you've been outside. You've been overseas. You guys been overseas too? No, never. Now let me let me ask you something. Like you're all top of the top notch musicians. You know, I mean stuff. Thanks. Are you guys happy with where how how your how this your careers took off and how where you're at now? Is this kind of are you good now? Like with the spot you're in, is this like eh? I like that. I'm glad I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we all have ambitions, but are you good? Are you good now? Is this? I'm good. I'm real good. Are you happy with it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been in bands that don't play much, bands that play too much, bands that travel. Um, I was so happy to get into Bad Juju, you know, and I was able to bring my personality into it, my energy level into it, so I'm real happy. Nice, nice. How about you guys? I mean, you guys, is this, is it you cool with it? I mean, is everything? You're talking yeah. to me? I, any one of you guys, man. Well, um, where I am with this band now, and I, so... I'm my worst critic. I beat myself up. So I'm always asking, am I doing good enough? Um, I'm always trying to do better. Am am I happy with where we are? I'm happy with where we're going. Oh, I like that. That's cool. That's cool. That's and, cool. And um, I don't want to let these guys down. That's cool. I mean That's that cool. from my heart. That's cool. That's what. How about you, man? You're like you're, you're, you're. This has got to be kind of like crazy for you. Like not that long ago, you weren't even thinking about something. Yeah. Like right. Um. You're I'm fronting the band. I'm content and happy with what we've accomplished, but but I'm not. Maybe maybe I'm happy with what we've accomplished, but I'm not ready to rest. I'm not. We're not resting on our laurels. I got you. You're not happy. We with have like to that. back up this music award. We have to mm-hmm. back up all the venues that have taken chances on us. We have to back up all the fans that have taken time out of their day and spent their hard-earned money buying our merch and, and buying our tickets and seeing us. And um, you know, now we're going out of state. We're working with promoters. We're working with publicists. Um, so we plan on, on traveling and, and hitting bigger shows, um, but not forgetting about where we've come from and, and, and creatively I'm far from content creatively. I want to do so much more. And, um, and that's why I think we all get along so well is because these guys, I'm not as musically inclined as all the other members. Again, this is my first band. I don't have a music background. And, and so Dennis is critical to me. He basically translates for me. If I if I have an idea in my head or I hear something that I want to do, he's the one that puts it into practice. He's the one that makes it so that he'll translate it to everybody and say, "This is what Chad wants," and then and then it's perfect. Sweet, yeah. Good. So you guys, you have that. Yeah. All right, we're taking a quick break. We'll come back in a couple more minutes with the, with the guys from Bad Juju. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Level Up Cleveland. to be a guest on level up cleveland go to levelupcleveland.com and fill out the guest application with your name phone number and email and why you'd be a good guest on level up cleveland we're always looking for new talent rock on And we are back with the guys here from Bad Juju. We got Chad, Dennis, and Chris. Um, so you guys uh, got a gig coming up in a couple weeks, uh, February third. Mm-hmm. Um, you play playing in the rain, yep. Palace Theater. Yep. yep. Tell me a little bit about that. What's going on with that? Yeah. So uh, we are fortunate enough to headline a show there. Uh, we're opening. Uh, I'm sorry. We have Alt 95 opening for us, which there's a history between us and Alt 95. Uh, former drummer of ours, Brad Ruff, started this band, and uh, they're gaining some ground. And, and we asked, "Hey, would you guys like to do a show with us?" Um, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be a big deal. It's going to be a big coming out party. We're going to debut a lot of our new stuff. Um, it, we're going to put on a real good show for everybody, and, and it's going to be our litmus test for the summer. Uh, yeah, for some of the big summer shows. So, so how how much you guys have booked already for next year for twenty three? Is it is it is the year pretty booked up, or how far are you in? Yeah, we're we're pretty full. We have a couple of dates that we're saving. Some things that uh, some contracts still yet to sign. Um, a lot of things that are pending. But uh, yeah, people are people are reaching out and saying, "Hey, we'd love to get you 
unless they're getting us on the back half of the year, it's very unlikely. So you guys are normally like more of a bar band, but is, is that is that going to continue on through this year also? Are you going to be be playing a lot of bars or what? I mean, what we're, can we expect? You know, we're still going to we're still going to play some of the some of the local bars um, because we know where we came from, right? And and that's you know where our fans like to go and have a good time and drink. And all of the venues and all of the bars that we've ever played at have been very gracious hosts, and we certainly don't want to forget that. But this year. Uh, we've been fortunate because of the award or because of, uh, you know, promoters and such. We're playing a lot bigger shows, so a lot more outdoor um, theater type of shows. Um, some festival type some stuff. Festivals, also. concerts, fairs, yeah, music festivals. Uh, so, so we're certainly going to focus our attention on that and then uh, fill the gaps with, with the bar gigs. So yeah. some, some, bigger, some bigger venues, some bigger crowds. Correct. Kind of expansion a little bit, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, guys. Hey, can I say something quick, Brian? You can say anything you want. Um, I, this is probably goes without saying, but I think all of us cannot thank our fans enough. I've been in quite a few bands. Chris has been in a lot of bands. I've never seen this type of uh, devotion and dedication. I mean, we played a uh, show. We got to open up for Hinder at the Odeon, and it was a sea of bad Juju t-shirts. No kidding. And even though there's probably hundreds of bad Juju t-shirts, we still sell 10 to 12 a show. And that's at bar gigs, that's at festivals. I've never been in something that has this kind of like attraction and dedication. And I, for myself, it, it really provides the energy that we feed off of to provide the kind of shows that we provide, which are very high energy shows. We don't stare at our feet or glue them to the floor. We're moving around. No. We're trying to entertain people. So from all of us, if you're listening and you're a bad Juju fan, thank you so much. You're the reason we do this and you're the reason we keep doing this and want to get better. Cool, man. And if people want to see you guys and they, you know, they're, they're just to see what you're about, there's stuff on YouTube and stuff. You guys got stuff all over the place. There's video. You can check you guys out and see. You know, I was just watching that. Like I was just telling you before that Bittersweet Symphony uh, video. You guys, you got a string section up there. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're playing that song with the strings and everything. I'm like, the fucking guys, what don't they do? <laughs> so, so it was really well, cool. You know, it was really cool that you guys are, you guys are delve into different things and trying out different things. But that's cool, man. We're looking forward to seeing you guys this year, fairs, festivals. And the bars. Yeah. If you get the opportunity, you're not already a fan. Bad Juju Cleveland on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Hell yeah. Probably you porn coming soon. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right, guys. Anything else? We good? No, Just, thank that's you, Brian. it. Appreciate thank it. you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming down, man. It's been a lot of fun. You guys are a blast, man. Thank you. Thank and you. maybe next year you win the award again. That's right. We'll see. We'll see what happens. All, All right. right. Check them out, guys. There are you know, like this is one of them bands where you don't have to really look hard. They're everywhere. They're all playing every weekend. Or you don't have to look hard. If you go on Facebook, you've probably got an ad already there that says Bad Juju's playing somewhere. So check them out. All right, guys, that's it for us. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. This is Level Up Cleveland. Check out the video on YouTube. There's a new episode next week. Till next week, rock on. I'm in a bag.